Hey, how y'all doing? My name is Deontay, also known as Big Sir, here on behalf of Another Chance Foundation. We want to be the voice for the community and the prisoner. We seek to stay up to date with information and share with those behind bars and the loved ones who care for them. Another Chance aims to be the bridge that keeps both parties unified. We must never neglect the prisoners of our country or forget to encourage the families in our communities that are impacted by the removal of said loved ones from their free world. We will do our absolute best to keep you all informed, and more than anything, may we all stay in prayer that this too shall pass. And with that being said, I'd like to open us up with a word of prayer. Father God, I'm just so grateful for another night, um, just a time of, of reflection and understanding of who's in control, uh, Father God, but just getting some information about what's going on. I'm hoping to hear from uh, a great speaker tonight, Father God, and just get your word and some of your clarity. Uh, we love you and we thank you for all you've done in the midst of this, Father God, how you keep us and hold us and protect us during this time. May we be grateful in that, Father God, and just share your love with those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're really excited um, about tonight. Uh, Mr. Fred Moses is going to be coming back on um, at some point and, and we'll get to talk to him. And so super excited about that. Hope you guys are doing well out there. Um, just an update on what's going on, I guess, in my world. Um, I work with um, guys coming in and out of the judicial system um, or the state system and state custody. So super excited to, to get that started um, and get to work with some young man down in Tennessee um, that's coming up. And, and um, so you to pour into some young man. The coronavirus didn't really slow that at all. Um, so I'll be launching a residential program um, in, a, in a probably about two weeks. So super excited about that, um, just to get to pour into some young men and really bring life into to some guys who maybe didn't have that guidance. Um, so y'all be in prayer about that because that's uh, something that's really uh, weighing heavy on my heart. Um, but just super grateful for the opportunity that God blessed me with. And, and um, it's been a journey to get to this point and, and I'm uh, just super grateful for that. Um, and that was a unique pairing to work with another chance and just get the opportunity to speak on behalf of many prisoners and many families, because um, as most of you know, my oldest brother is in federal prison. And so um, I've always had this yearn uh, to want to help and give back to the prison uh, system and, and be an uh, advocate for those guys because I had a family member there, but also because the word tells us to. Um, and so um, just just feeling like I, I needed to to be a positive voice um, to those behind bars um, who didn't have that guidance because I was a guy that didn't have it. And, you know, I could have easily ended up down that road, but, but God saw otherwise. So um, definitely grateful for the work I get to do. Um, and so Super thankful for um, another chance, but also just for the, the ministry that I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of. Let me see. I believe Fred, man, come on, Mr. Moses. How you doing? Yes, I'm I'm well. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. God been good to you? Yes, he has. He always is. Amen. I'm sure he has Amen. to you also. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was telling them I'm getting ready to... Um, to launch a residential program for some, some young men coming out of um, juvenile justice system. So pretty excited about yes. that. Well, you yeah. should be, and it's much needed, much needed. Yeah, it's been been a journey. I came out of um, college in Arkansas and moved up to New York to kind of learn 
but I needed to learn to get it started. Uh, been down in Tennessee for about nine months now, um, down to just building okay. the foundation of it all. And, and now I get to start it in about a week or two, so I'm excited about that. Well, very good. We'll certainly be keeping you in prayer, and that's you and I plan to stay in touch. Oh, absolutely, for sure, for sure. Yes, yes. And certainly just so how, 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 can be of any assistance in any way we please be pleased to. What were you about to say, Dante? Oh, absolutely. How has it been been for you since our last talk? Well, it, it's been, been good. Um, actively putting together some additional books on the laws of life, have a CD, DVD series, and um, hopefully that not only will we have the teaching series on the laws of life, but we'll also have a series for children where they can start to learn the laws of life early on, and those laws of life will be embedded in their lives, and they'll recognize the fact that uh, the laws of life do not discriminate as it relates to age. Those laws of Mm -hmm. life apply to every human being, regardless of age, creed, color, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So we want to start while they're young, and yes, yes. So you're going to create some children's books or like audios, DVDs? Well, yes, that after we finish with the uh, books that we're working on now, the books that we're presently engaged in trying to get completed are in-depth books on the laws of life, whereas we list a certain number of laws of life and we just give an overview on those laws of life. Now we're going into detail on many, if not all, of those laws of life. Now, coming after that is going to be a book on the 50 laws of life, wherein we'll have a scriptural reference for each law of life. We'll have a description of each law each law of life and an example of each law of life. And uh, yeah. we hope to have that available to those who are in the inmate community as well as those who had and experience with the criminal justice system and whomever else that could be that that series could be a benefit to. Uh, that's, that's definitely something I, I'll look into for sure for my program. Um, so we'll definitely be in touch then. Well, great, great. And at some point in time, maybe the Lord will allow for me to come down and speak with with the juveniles who are involved in your facility. I'd be pleased to, to give that some thought. Absolutely, absolutely, yes, sir. Uh, so let, let's get on to some of these uh, discussion questions they, they got for us. How, how can we use God's laws uh, to make a better life for ourselves? Well, we have to recognize that everything we do, not some things, not most things, not many things, but everything that we do activates one or more laws of life, and everything we do and say, we're, we're operating either on the negative side of those laws of life or on the positive side of those laws of life. So in order for us to have a better life, it is imperative that we learn to operate on the positive side of these laws of life. Now, I'm, I'm certain that some, someone listening perhaps will say, well, that sounds legalistic. 
Well, I would submit that it's not necessarily already is not legalistic because to operate on the positive side of those laws of life requires the grace of God. You can't do it in your own strength. Let's take yes. one law of life that most believers are familiar with, and many non-believers. They just refer to it by way of different nomenclature, but the law of sowing, sowing and reaping. The world refers to it as what goes around comes around. But even right. the world understands what I, is coming back to me. If I put mm-hmm. out, that's why a lot of men and women are operating in fear on a daily basis because Deontay, they're concerned about some seeds they planted, some things they put out there, and they know in their heart and their mind that at some point in time I'm probably going to have a day of reckoning for this. But so mm-hmm. often we emphasize the negative side of these laws more so than the positive side. Each of these laws of mm-hmm. life have has a positive side to it, as we know, as we talked mm-hmm. about in our last session under the law of sowing and reaping. If you plant good seeds, you're going to get a good harvest. It may take a while, but it is absolute that that good harvest is going to come to you. So if I want a better life, you want a better life, young men, and it will be men and women in your facility, just men. But whomever they are, that's just men. All right. Well, they certainly want want to have a better life and the best way. And I would go as far as to say the only way you can assure yourself of a better life is to learn these laws of life how they impact your life, and to pray that God will give you the wisdom, the fortitude, the understanding in order to function on the positive side of these laws of life. And they're absolute. Just as we talked about a few days ago, the the law of space, two bodies cannot occupy the same space at the same time. We learned that maybe in elementary school, high school, the two bodies... Deontay, if you're sitting on a chair, and if I want to sit on that same chair at the same time that you're seated on that chair, I look over that chair and I say, Deontay, I'm sitting there. I can't sit on that chair. I understand the law of space, that two bodies cannot occupy the same space at the same time. It's a law. It's a physical law of life, and we adhere to it. We respect it. That's the same thing that we need to do concerning these laws of life. First of all, we have to understand them what they're about, how they impact us, and then ask for the grace of God to be able to operate on the positive side of those laws of life, knowing absolutely that we'll receive a positive result if we operate on the positive side of these laws. And how would a, how would a person know that, that they're operating on the right side? Is it based off of the fruits of, the fruits of your labor, if, if you receive that's a, a right. negative, yeah, okay. Dante, you, you, you start to see some positive fruit coming to your life. And then you'll be able to relate to the fact that I planted these seeds some weeks ago, some months ago, maybe some years ago. And, and it comes by way of revelation. God will take you back to the fact. Remember when you were confronted with this? situation of circumstance, remember how you were led to handle that situation at that time in the way that you did, well, this is the result of it. This is why you're being blessed the way you are, because of your accepting what my word said about that situation, how you were to deal with it, and as a result, it may have taken some weeks, some months, maybe even some years, but look at the blessing that's coming to you as a result. Mm-hmm. You'll see it. You'll see the fruit 
of those seeds that you planted. Now, on the other hand, on the other hand, un- unfortunately, if they're negative seeds, my brother, you and I know you'll see the fruits of that also. Yeah, but there's absolutely. a positive side. But God will give what a revelation. Is- I can reflect. Go ahead. No, you, you can go ahead. I, I was just going to ask about the as it relates to, to working with, with, with young men. Uh, what do you think has been, I guess, the the um, the destruction, I guess, to our the way our young men are being raised now, uh, especially in the in the, in the African American community. But I think it's kind of going over all races at this point. A lot of men aren't really being um, fathers. And so I think the fruit of that is showing in crime rate and imprisonment yes. and stuff like that. Um, so how do you kind of yes. act something like that that's kind of become generational? Well, it has. And you make a very, very valid point because, unfortunately, not all, but most of our young men are taught by the wisdom of the world. We're taught that your manhood is shown by how many girlfriends you can have and how many uh, girls you can have chasing after you, and even further, how many girls can you use along the way. Mm. It's embedded, unfortunately, in our young men and many young men of other races in their early teen years. And so often men start to have a disrespect for women and for young girls. And as a result Mm. of that, you know, most men, when they have two or three girlfriends, uh, they're encouraged. You know? And they, they give that young man the impression, this is the way young men do it. This is the way you're supposed to handle it. This is the way men operate. To say, saying that that's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's sister. That's uh, a female is precious to, to someone else. And why would you want to take advantage of that young lady? And from the point of view that and you can take them then to the law of sowing and reaping, that the same way that you're dealing with these young girls, you're going to have somebody else deal with some young lady who's close to you because you planted some negative seeds in this regard. And, and, And this is what is taking place. Our Many of our young men are given the wrong examples of what a real man is to be like and look like and act like. And when I say that, I don't say it all in a prideful kind of a situation because when I was growing up, which goes back well before you, when I was growing up, that's how manhood was looked at. That's how the fathers kind of reared the boys. You know, boys are tough and they're supposed to. In other words, they sort of encourage you to be a player type. And. Yeah. And I look back on it now, and I see, although they did the best they could with what they had, I'm not being condemning, because they were probably yeah. taught the same way. But it's time for us to turn this thing around and to teach young men what a real man is like. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, just moving on to this next question, it says, how can we use God's laws to recover from very difficult situations and move forward. Um, so I, that, that kind of ties into the, the broken kind of fatherhood system. Um, what are the yes. steps to recover from from that um, generational curse almost? Well, the first thing is that you have to recognize it. 
I, I talk to people oftentimes, and see, when I was incarcerated, which I made mention of uh, the last time we were together, I saw three generations in a prison, a grandfather, what? a father, and a son, in the, in the federal system as well as in the state system, yeah. that it was a generational curse that you could almost determine that if some a young man was born into that family, it wasn't a question whether they were going to go to prison. It was just a question when they were going to go. Mm-hmm. And the same kind, the same demonic forces that brought each of those generations in, those demonic forces are at work trying to bring in the next generation. And right. the first way that you have to combat that is to recognize whether or not it was a spirit of anger. And you look back through uh, the history of your parents or your grandparents or whomever, whomever, it was that spirit of anger that got that person in trouble and caused that person to go to jail. Always in the fight, always had weapons, always in, involved in some kind of strife, turmoil, or friction. Or it may be may have been a spirit of a thievery, whereas you're going back through generations, grandfather, father, son, everybody was stealing. And you can see that habit. Or you can see uh, that generational curse working through that particular generation. And you can go so throughout the various vices that you can see. And, you can, and if you watch it closely enough, you can almost predict that that person is going to be confined, and you can almost predict what the confinement is going to be about. It's going to be about anger. It's going to be about lust. It's going to be about one of these other vices, drugs, whatever. You you can trace that situation and base to that generational curse. And it, But you have to recognize it before you can break the curse. Right. And to break the curse, you've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit. You've got to have the power of God to break that curse. You've got to recognize it, and then you've got to stand against it based upon the word of God. And you have to be observant because the enemy's devices are, are, are very manipulative. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes these devices come to you in a covered-up form. And the word says we're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. So first of all, we have to be aware of how the enemy operates. And then knowing how the enemy operates, we have to use those weapons that that we have been given based upon being children of God to combat those vices and turn around that generational curse. Yeah. That's good. Um, how how does God's laws, um, I guess obeying God's laws, give give a person strength to move forward um, through through a tough situation or any generational curse? A good question. And once you come to understand these laws of life, and oftentimes what I endeavor to do to help individuals to understand the laws of life is that I give physical examples, which I shared a few last time and one or more already this evening. I give those examples because they're absolute. Nobody, 
32 degrees Fahrenheit, we know it turns to ice. We don't have to dance around it. We don't have to sing about it. We don't have to hope and get on our knees and crawl around the water and beg the water to turn nice. All you have to do is let 32 degrees get there. Once the yeah. water reaches 32 degrees, you can count on it. You got some ice. Right. That's an absolute. And then in the spirit realm, you have to get to the point that you understand that these laws of life are as absolute as those natural and physical laws, that the law of exaltation and abasement is absolute. Whoever exalts himself shall be abased, but whosoever humbles himself shall be exalted. It's an absolute. We just talked about the law of sowing and reaping. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap. It's an absolute. So once we come to understand that these laws of life are absolute, that gives you strength. That gives you courage. And and then when somebody tries to flaunt in your face, well, oh, you're a Christian, look how hard you're having it, and, and you're not living nearly as well as the person around the corner who's driving the big cars and the jewelry and uh, living large. But see, if you understand these laws of life, you know it's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is wait and, and see. And you know at some point in time, payday is coming. There was an old song, yes, and you were too young to recall this, but there was a blues singer, and one of, one of his songs was Further On Up the Road. Now, he didn't realize that he was singing a sowing and reaping song, and what he was saying to a lady that had uh, gone off with somebody else, that further, up, further on up the road, somebody's going to treat you like you treated me. The law of vengeance. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. I don't have to try to take out vengeance on anybody. Somebody who may have mistreated me or ill-treated me, a, a friend, that had, a person I thought was a friend that had an opportunity to be a blessing to me where I had been a blessing to him, and for some reason they chose not to. There's no point in my being upset with that person and hoping that something very bad happens to him, which many of us do. See, there are, there are two kinds of vengeance. There's expressed vengeance. And in express vengeance, I just basically say that guy took advantage of me, he did something I didn't like, and I'm going to get him back. That's express vengeance. Implied vengeance is that the person did something to me, but I'm not going to try to get them back, but I hope the worst happens to them, that nothing that they set their hands to do will prosper, that somebody will come along and really snatch the rug out from under them. I'm not going to do it, but I hope it happens to them. That's implied vengeance. But the Lord says vengeance is mine. I'll repay. So if you understand these laws of life, you know that God is going to deal with that situation, and you don't have to try to get retribution yourself. No, that's good. That's good. Can you, cause you maybe list an example or two, um, kind of detail an example or two of you applying some of these laws and how it worked out for you? Well, yes. One, um, my release from prison. I uh, was convicted of receiving kickbacks from contractors working for the city wherein I sat on the bench. And I was facing 132 years of incarceration. I was sentenced to 10 years in the federal system and 12 years in the state system. Well, first of all, before going any further, the law of mercy, mercy prevails over judgment. God has made his mercy 
a higher law than his judgment. So right there, I had gotten mercy. I was facing a life sentence. And God had already carved it down to 10 years in the Fed and 12 years in the state running concurrent. Well, in the Fed, I was paroled after 40 months, which could have been a much longer sentence in the Fed. Then I was transferred, but but while in the Fed, still it was the law of mercy that protected me in those 40 months that I was in the federal system. That's the law of life I was relying upon. I was relying upon the law of vengeance. That was one of my best friends was was the federal government's top witness in my case. I could have carried that with me in art and ill will and animosity, unforgiveness, but the Lord released me. From that, well, after that 40 months, the state of Ohio picked me up. And by the way, this is a digressive minute. The person that was my trial judge in the state case was the person I had tried cases with when I was in the prosecutor's office. The person who sat on the bench in my federal case was a person who had taught me in law school. I could have had ardent ill will and animosity against all of those, but knowing what the Word of God said, what these laws of life how they impacted my life, I was I was able to deal with that in a different way. Well, I had filed almost everything I knew to file after being incarcerated for seven years. And I walked into the unit one day, and the guy said to me, Judge, your name's on, on the board. I said, my name can't be on the board because the parole board has already denied me parole. They said, well, you may as well look at the board because your name's up there. The other when I walked into the parole board uh, room, The first thing the chairperson said to me, we made a mistake that you should have been out, and you will be out within the next 60 days. But that wasn't the end of the story. That was still God's mercy at work for me. Mm -hmm. And we were lying right with discussing how the law of mercy can come into play. Dante, the, the month that I was scheduled to be released, which was April, the month of April in 1993, In the state of Ohio, there was a full-scale prison riot that took place during that time period. And you know what everybody was saying to me? There's no way you're going to go out with the whole state being shut down. The whole state of Ohio was shut down in April of 1993. But guess who walked out? On April 16, 1993, I walked out when nobody else was moving. That was the mercy of God and the law of seed. Amen. Amen. So you I know these laws of life work. You mentioned something in there uh, that I want to hit on real quick. Um, Go ahead. The forgiveness piece. How, how important yes. is it to forgive in order to progress? Very important, very important. It's a stumbling block. If you don't learn to forgive, and I want to say that I don't mean it in an academic way, I mean from the heart, then again, yeah. that's an albatross around your neck, around your neck, and it frustrates, delays, or otherwise prevents what your, your, your prayer life and the mercy of God coming to your defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine I that's to a, a, a tough deal. It, it is it's difficult. I don't suggest that it's easy. I had to forgive both of those judges because we had worked together. I had to forgive a person who I had considered to be my best friend, who was the chief witness for the prosecution. 
I have, and I'm so thankful for this. I have no art. I have no animosity. I have no ill will towards any of them. Amen. In fact, to be honest with, and I say say this in humility, I'm living as well, if not better than any of them right now, because God is a God of restoration. Amen. Amen. Well, I appreciate you sharing all of that. That is that is very helpful. I'm sure to so many, definitely helpful to myself. Um, what what laws um, do you think we need to be applying right now in the midst of um, our economy, um, the, everybody being kind of on lockdown, um, and with everything they're saying getting ready to be reopened, um, what 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 should we be focused on, believers in in those who I guess don't believe? Well, and I mentioned this law of life in our last session, but right now, for believers especially, and as well as for non-believers. You have to be aware of the law of notice and warning. Mm-hmm. Notice is being made aware of an event prior to its occurrence that offers opportunity. But warning is being made aware of an event prior to its occurrence that presents danger, bodily harm, or maybe even death. That's where we are right now. This virus is a, this is serious. This is no game. Yeah. This is no plaything. And, uh, one has to be very, very careful to ascertain the the warnings that God has given. Right now, one, I'm not talking about operating in fear, and certainly about fear is not of God. He didn't, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. But the thing of it is, there's so much that in the natural eye, or in the eye that's not spiritually attuned, that they're not seeing that's going farther on down the road, if I may say that. This thing is going to have implications in every com- every component of life. You already see it in the, so- in, in the social arena. You see it very much so in the financial arena. You see it in, in the arena of health. You see it in the arena of um well, I mentioned those four or five. And, well, in, in the religious, I'm not saying the spiritual, but in the religious community, this thing is impacting every aspect of life. Mm-hmm. And those who are not keenly aware of what's being said in this season, this could be very detrimental to every component mm-hmm. of their lives. And it, 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 it is a major, major test and especially for those of us who say that we love God and we are called according to his purposes. To give you a very quick example, in the financial arena, you're going to see so, well, first of all, all these offices uh, that are housing many uh, employees, they now see where people can work from home. They're going to shut many of those buildings down because they won't need all those people in there. Uh, the, The school system, a lot of teachers are dancing right now and saying, well, we don't have to go back to work this year and, and I'll still be getting my sale and my check. They're not looking at the fact that the tax revenues are going to be down greatly. And next year mm-hmm. or so at raise time, they probably won't be in the raises. In fact, they may not only won't be in the raises, but they may be asking them to pay, uh, teach even less money. These are the kinds mm-hmm. of things that are taking place. Cities that have been relying upon tax income 
they're not going to have as much as they had in the past. So, therefore, maybe safety force people are going to have to be laid off. And you know what's happening in the churches. Hmm. Ministries that have several hundreds of people on staff, it's going to impact those staffs. So this thing goes deeper, much deeper than the surface. And I could go even much more involved, of course, time doesn't permit, as to every component of life is going to be impacted. And But for the believer who is keenly aware of what God is saying, knowing that Romans 8.28 still prevails, that all things work together for the good of those, for those who love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose, the answer, there can be some good to come out of this thing for us, brother. Some Amen. good. Amen. So we're looking for the good. We're looking for the good. Mm-hmm. Amen. I appreciate that. Um, we definitely want to. I would love to have you back on just to kind of break down uh, more of what you're talking about now. But yeah, we're running out of time. Um, but it's been great just speaking with you. Um, I would love for you to pray us out if you wouldn't mind. As far as we just come right now in the precious name of Jesus, my brother and I, thank you for the time you have allowed us to spend together, allowing us to share. And we just speak to the hearts of the listening audience, and we're just hopeful that they have gathered something from what we had to share tonight, but more importantly, what your spirit is saying to them. So we just ask, dear God, that everyone who's confined in a federal prison or in a state prison, a county uh, jail, a city jail, Father, we speak to that, those individuals right now. We pray for safety and protection for them, and we pray for peace of mind for their loved ones. And, Father, most of all, we just pray that there's any of those who are listening who have not received our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we ask that their hearts will be, and they will so accept him in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You have a great night. Thanks for joining. Uh, I'm sure we'll set up another time to get you back on here so you could break down more of that, that great knowledge God has really bestowed upon you. Um, I just pray blessings over you and your family and that you continue to grow in him as well. Amen. I receive that, brother. You be blessed. Yes, sir. You too. Pleasure being with you again. All right. Have a good night. You too. Man, another, another great, um, it's a great, time, um, just great information, very fruitful um, time with, with Mr. Fred Moses. Um, man, I can't wait till he drops those books and, and um, audios and videos. I think that's going to do great for the world, um, definitely for the body, as it encourages and motivates us and influences us to do great things, to really obey what God has been telling us to do. Um, I pray that you tune in and hear this and hear that word and receive that word. Um, such a, a great um, mode of encouragement um, and acknowledgement of who God is, the power that God has, and, and, and just the authority that he's placed on us um, and the responsibility he's placed on us as believers to truly live and lead and love um, those around us. And, and in that love, people will come to know who our Father in heaven is. So, man, just prayers that you all have a safe night. I know God is doing some great work, some great miracles, healing people, um, bringing financial breakthroughs. There is good coming in the midst of all of this, and we know um, God word is true. Um, so, man, I love you, God. I thank you for all the listeners that we do get. Um, and I pray that this word just brings someone joy, brings someone peace, um, but motivates someone to progress in life in the midst of all of this. So you guys have a great night. Love you. Be blessed.